0: hey guys welcome back to another weird wednesday i'm ashers and this is pat how are you doing pat
1: i'm doing good good that's good to
0: know hey uh how about all this craziness that's going on right now we uh are here in a once in a lifetime pandemic and we are watching people get the vaccine right right in front of our eyes what do you think about that
1: i haven't i haven't been watching that tv show (laughs) I've been watching Mandalorian. I didn't know that that was. You turned
0: 2020 off, did you?
1: (laughs) I I didn't know that was on. Um, (laughs) I guess I have to. I don't watch a lot of TV. I've been playing a lot of Fallout 76. No, um, I guess that's cool. You know, I've enjoyed the Internet's response to it um there's there's a there's a thing going around the chicago a lot of chicago people on twitter that are like you know if you ever did a coke in the bathroom of rossi's you don't need to worry about the vaccine <laughs> like if you've ever if you've ever fucked at the bathroom of brokles uh you you don't have to worry about the vaccine um which are two places that are, are very specific to me but i mean yeah so it's kind of like it's i i see like the kind of the, the jokes and stuff i didn't know that they're actually people are taking it like live on camera, like on the news.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are. Um, it we had uh you know, our governor was on today showing us, you know, I don't know, show record did a live feed of somebody taking it. Yeah, so people are taking it now. Um, I know that well, the UK, they started having their people take it I think like last week or the week before. Um but i know here in ohio i know i don't know you know if the other states have gotten the vaccine if everybody's i think everybody's every state has gotten so many sure i I believe is what's happening but don't quote me on that because you know as i i haven't really been watching that show either (laughs) so (laughs) but yeah you know we uh, are looking at al so
1: yeah i know we, we we our our news was reporting that like the trucks had left Michigan and were coming here with it and I guess I know that I'm not getting it uh first I there's a possibility I've heard that I might be included in the second wave based on my line of work um but I don't even know for sure if that's it and I'm not terribly concerned i guess it'll be it really to me it, it doesn't really matter until we all have it like i've never been overly concerned with my own personal safety i'm just waiting for the fucking parties to start back up again <laughs> so yeah. yeah it doesn't matter if i have it if my 15 other friends don't have it because then we're yeah. not we're still not getting together you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: right that's true it's not it, it's not going to stop the virus and you know right let, let me know
1: thinking. when olive garden opens back up then we'll fucking talk <laughs> <laughs> until then like you know are you okay,
0: do you have any concerns about getting the virus
1: hell no. um or well, getting the
0: vaccine rather
1: yeah i was gonna say two different questions yeah <laughs> um i don't you know here's the thing i i don't have a concern about getting the virus until i'm exposed to it which has happened like several times during yeah. the course of this pandemic i actually just happened uh very recently i found out that another coworker of mine tested positive and there's there's like kind of that like oh fuck and then i'm like i don't know it's fine um so that that like is kind of concerning especially like you know i i i'm not you know exactly uh at peak human physical condition um and i also smoked for a very long time and i developed asthma later on in life yeah so um i'm not like t- like super high risk but i'm not exactly like you know th- like in great condition you know yeah so i'm not looking f- i wouldn't want to get it um as far as the vaccine goes, no, I'm not really worried because, so what are what are people worried about here? People are worried that there's going to be microchips in it or nanobots that are going to be used for tracking, right? Well, the, obviously we know that the response to that is, is that we already carry around cell phones that track us for us. So we don't need to worry about that. The idea that it could have, um, there could be different vaccines and that, the this what they're going to give the doctors and the nurses and the policemen is not the same thing they're going to give people down at like public health centers and stuff like that right and that it could be a way for them to thin out the population um i think that if that is their goal and if 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 you know you drink the kool-aid on that and you think that there's you know this is the you know a a mass sterilization well first of all i had myself sterilized fucking 10 years ago so i do not need to worry right. about that you know um so i beat him to the punch there i'll save you the fucking syringe um but you know i don't think that i don't think that it, i if this is some kind of way to trick giving certain segments of the population some kind of uh agent that's going to cause them harm in the future i don't think you're going to escape that
0: yeah you know what
1: i mean not to be nihilistic but i think like look if this is like the new world order's fucking you know checkmate move and they're going to inject us all with fucking you know nanobots that are camille turned on and with 5g and fucking fry our brains well then you know i'm sure they're not just putting it in the shot they're probably putting it in the burger king too in which case i'm definitely fucked right you know (laughs) so that's true I, yeah i'm not overly concerned now
0: that's a good I, I agree with that too right i mean I, there's a much easier ways to administer something deadly to us than the water for this right exactly i mean right you know start right there we all and everybody needs water so what are you gonna do you know um right
1: I, I, do you know who works at the water processing plant I do, and you can buy those guys out cheap as fuck.
0: <laughs> That's like, come pay me some money.
1: <laughs> I know the dudes that pass the water wreck test and work down at fucking the stickney pumping station. <laughs> and let me tell you, they'll dump anything in that fucking shit. Like you, you don't even probably have to bribe them. They'll probably just do it because they're bored. So you know.
0: So if you suddenly come into some money, we all know why. Um
1: <laughs> Oh, I don't work there. No, I didn't pass the test, but I'm just saying oh. I know guys that did it. I know the guys that did. It so yeah i'm not you know these people i think it's just like it, it's it's ill thought out uh you know conspiracy theories I, for, yeah, I,
0: for the most part i mean i think that you know people do have their concerns um one one question was raised to our governor which i thought was very interesting was that um african-americans seem to have the most concern over this because of
1: <laughs> i saw that
0: <laughs> yeah because of unethical practices in the past and you know they, they kind of have i mean they're justified <laughs> you know that's, that makes sense but the thing is is that you know people are all focusing on the wrong thing you know people are worried because they're like oh it's rushed we don't know what's in it we don't know the long-term effects we don't know how it affects us okay you know what here's the thing i'm gonna tell you right now it's actually not as rushed as everybody thinks it is um this has been going on for a very long time they've been researching this this kind of vaccine um the the coronavirus is as we all know is um a a family of viruses it's not just the one that's infecting everybody right now and giving us all COVID-19 so COVID-19 is the disease that's caused by the coronavirus specifically coronavirus um SARS-CoV-2 and so (laughs) you know so um the coronavirus which I know in the beginning of this everybody was talking about how you pick up a thing of Lysol and it says that it kills coronavirus coronavirus also causes common cold and right. you know and so i'm just going to say that right now before anybody takes this out of context i'm not saying that covid-19 is the same as the common cold because it's fucking not don't be stupid but um so guess what so whoever whoever um whoever were to invent a vaccine for the common cold um would be coming into some money am i right i mean come on so they've they've researched this if you got rid of the common cold can you imagine how much you know how much more productive we could be because a lot of people are out with that shit every single year everybody gets a cold and then you stay well, from work and then you know this that and the other but hold on so hold on okay so why would they but why you know why wouldn't they then focus on curing the common cold well because you do have big companies like fucking nyquil that make money off that shit
1: yes exactly exactly
0: so therefore that wasn't that wasn't reason enough then we had you know a big event happen with the coronavirus we had sars right remember that um Mm -hmm. and then sars happened and sars kind of happened and then went away and we really didn't need to push to you know make a vaccine for it. So it it just there was no money in doing it. So again, you know we we shelved a coronavirus vaccine and just went on with our lives. This is not a new idea. This isn't something that it's not like we just started researching this. However, we did start receiving massive funding for it and a huge public interest for it because this time it really is actually killing everybody. <laughs> it is it is a danger to the the pocketbook of big pharma. People aren't focusing on the right things here it's not a it's it's not a concern for your safety you're you'll 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 probably be fine i mean unless you're allergic to some type of ingredient or something vaccine injury does happen it's just side effects that's that's what it is any you can take fucking ibuprofen and it can kill you i mean it's just the way it is so i think people need to stop freaking out about the long-term effects of something that we've studied for a very long time
1: yeah i mean i've i get the there's been theories um for a while that vaccines any kind of mass yeah. immunization any kind of mass uh you know forced i mean look at anti-vaxxers existed before covid19 right right you know what i mean people right. that people that uh if, if you read the invisibles which is one of my favorite comic books of all time they um they go on there and they talk about the polio vaccine there's a, a storyline talks about the dulce uh secret base and and brings up the polio vaccine so like this is not like this is kind of like entry level conspiracy theory shit you know so it's it doesn't surprise me that it's being kind of bandied about now um especially in the era that we're in we're in a very conspiracy friendly time and i don't know if that's necessarily because of trump or if trump is a byproduct of that already you know what i mean um, and that's another right. topic for another show. Or, sure or p- potentially not. But sure. I'm just saying that like we're definitely in an era where conspiracy theories are more wildly discussed and entertained. And the fact that there's a anti-vaccine one does not surprise me in the slightest. No, not um,
0: I mean, like you but sure. I don't think they've been around for a while.
1: The lie and but the logic doesn't match up. I, right. I don't see the, the goal of any of it. There's no track, they don't need to track any of us. We already tell everybody where we are. We already have smartphones mass sterilization okay maybe but i don't give a fuck you know my kids are already born and i'm don't want any more you know i mean let's be real
0: anyway we really don't need many more people i mean we are overpopulating the planet
1: (laughs) right well then then that maybe this is a calling and that you know some of these doses are going to be hot doses and the ones that are going to be administered to uh lower income segments of the population are going to be tainted and that we'll see a mass die off in six months or something right and if that's the case, then Jesus Christ, we're headed towards who knows what kind of, you know, apocalyptic nightmare. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> you exactly. know,
1: and there's no escaping that anyway, so whatever, you know. Right,
0: I mean, you know, talk to your, definitely talk to your doctors and make sure that the uh, the COVID vaccine is right for you. Um <laughs> <laughs>
1: There
0: you go <laughs> well because you know again it's just simple shit like if there are ingredients in it make sure that you don't have a history of of having adverse effects to those ingredients if you don't get your ass out there and pull your sleeve up i mean gosh you know it's right. not that big of a deal so i don't know i just thought that you know obviously that was big news so i figured we'd uh throw it around a little bit let people know especially with all the conspiracies flying around you know i i don't uh i believe in some wild shit that's just not one of them <laughs>
1: Right.
0: <laughs> so on to the next uh topic here. I um I went out this past weekend and I did a dog man investigation.
1: Oh, okay. And,
0: yeah, Ann and I went out and um we were hunting a dog man. We did not find anything, but uh it, it was definitely a rabbit hole, um, because I really didn't know anything about it. And I, I spoke with our buddy Ryan Trimble and you know, I I asked him and was like, Hey, you know, could you give me a crash course on uh you know dog man hunting because i don't want to just go out there you know unprepared and he's like yeah so like while he's like telling me all that like i said i'm researching a little bit and i'm looking around so we got this uh little town here it's called germantown and uh germantown is home to uh fudge road which i have talked about before on the show but it's allegedly a really haunted road plus all kinds of other crazy shit happens on it there's satanic cults there's a sasquatch out there there's all kinds of weird there's a crybaby bridge weird stuff um but we me and my group of friends pretty sure we saw a dead body on the way there one time so ann and i go out to fudge road and ann doesn't she's never been there before um and so we just kind of go to the general general area um but oh that's right so before that so i'm like reading about reports and stuff and like on the way like i'm telling ann like about everything that i found so i'm like looking up dogman reports and i mean sure enough there's a lot <laughs> there's a, they actually call it the uh butter street monster and uh, and the beast of butter street because there's a street called butter street apparently it hangs out there a lot um but what was even more interesting was that i found this forum where where people report sightings or whatever and there was uh allegedly a wendigo sighting in that area and i thought that was strange so some people seem to think that the wendigo and the dog man could be the same creature um so i don't know you know just all kind of uh adds up to you know the possibility that that there's something to it so we go out there and uh you know i'm telling her kind of all the legends and stuff i can't I, you know i can't go through the uh whole fudge road um phenomena today but <laughs> anyway so i'm telling her everything to kind of hyper up to get down there and we get down there and Anne's actually scared and Anne is never scared like ever Anne is the skeptic like she's like none of this is real it's it's not legit at all and so um you know so we we go down there and she doesn't want to even get out of the car she's freaked out <laughs> she's like we are not getting out of the car it's not happening i'm like okay and i'm like well Anne, if it's if if there seems to be something that we need to pay attention to then we need to you know we need to investigate it and she's like okay you know but we didn't find anything um even on fudge road nothing particularly strange happened that day so um you know, maybe next time, but it's definitely another route to go because I had never realized how prominent these dogman sightings were in the area, and I didn't know that it's basically right in my backyard, so that was kind of fun,
1: Wow, okay, cool,
0: yeah, so that was uh basically my big my big events for the week
1: yeah, I uh did not have any encounters with a dog man either um, but I wasn't really looking so that might have had something to do with it. uh one of the things i did want to bring up though, and this is kind of switching gears just a wee bit but you and i both had something in common and that we uh both and this is we toe dip in this world besides the uh 14 podcasting uh world um also uh you you and i both had articles drop on uh, film twitter this week you had a yeah. uh retrospective on the human centipede which is an awesome series of mine that i love very very dearly yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. i did the uh, i did the sequels this time around
1: yeah and uh which i gotta say like it, it made me want to rewatch the third one because i think when i went first time I, I watched the third one i dismissed it just as being crap and i was like well maybe i should give it a i should revisit it and with lower expectations
0: once you realize that it's supposed it is supposed to be a dark comedy then then it's not as bad but it's still not good
1: <laughs> well, right it,
0: it's it is definitely a different perspective because I, I because while i'm researching it yes i also had to go back well so i rewatch all the movies I, I watch all the movies that i write about again you know i've seen them before usually but i'll watch them again and uh so i did re-watch the second and the third and and while i'm watching them is while i'm researching and and taking notes and whatever and uh you know then when i found out the first thing it says is that it's a dark comedy i was like well fuck that makes a whole lot of sense
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it also it also feels like a more mainstream his his take on a more mainstream uh type of movie yeah w- you know what i mean um where it feels like something the dimension would have put out in like the early 2000s or something and it, and it 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 doesn't hold up to what the first the first two are kind of groundbreaking in their own right um the first one i would you know kind of compare to texas chainsaw massacre and it's you know in a lot of different ways but and the second one is is something that i don't even hold <laughs> Dead two meets solo meets fucking uh, i don't even know it's what something. you can't compare it to anything yeah <laughs> um but yeah so you had that drop and i had something drop for uh on bloody disgusting which i'm an occasional contributor to uh I I do write ups for their World of Death series. World of Death is something that um was put together in the wake of the ABCs of uh ABCs of death franchise that came out. And yeah. these were horror anthologies where every letter of the alphabet corresponded with a different short film and, and death. And uh there so there's a lot of movies that were made both ABCs of Death One and Two, they had letters open for competition where independent filmmakers could make shorts and then submit them. And I sent you the the one that I made today. And uh that kind of got me in the door with these people because what they wanted to do was then take all these un all the all the entries that didn't win and then repackage them as world of death and Sell them on DVD and, and and stream them on the bloody disgusting website, and then that took off, and they started s- accepting submissions from other filmmakers that didn't have anything to do with the ABCs of Death. And now it's its own thing. Um, it's running on it, it's run on the bloody disgusting website for probably the past two or three years, and um, it's going to end this upcoming April, I believe, and then they're kind of rebooting it and moving it to the bloody disgusting TV station. Okay. which they have like a roku channel right so i had done the write-ups like it was me and like five other writers that were kind of rotating through and doing the write-ups and now we're in the home stretch where there's like four or five months left and i'm basically doing from now until uh this thing ends in march which is pretty cool it's nice that he's letting me kind of finish it out because i've been there with it through the whole thing and one of my movies was the first movie to start it so I know you and I have you and I have both talked about our frustrations dealing with film Twitter, yes, and how it's like this love hate relationship where I don't like doing it, I don't like those people, (laughs) but at the same time, like I I have a chance to do it, so I totally do it, and I know that you voiced the same thing, and yet you had a very a very nice piece of yours drop this past week. (laughs) So how does that feel? Are you are you back in the film Twitter?
0: I mean, I don't know, or
1: is it just like when it pops up or
0: um i don't i i don't hate it um it's it's not it's not that um it's just that i feel like um i feel like there's like a lot of expectations of of me now most of my fan base are you know here for the horror movies really and and so it's like you know then i feel like i i have to deliver more but i'm I'm not you know i'm not that person i'm i'm just i'm just a girl that likes horror movies <laughs> you know, that's, right yeah I mean, i'm not you know i'm not I, i'm not really a film critic i just write editorial well, none of these people I
1: are like like yeah. how do you become that how do you become a film critic like what qualifies you as a film critic it's in in, in in 2020 is it is it a degree in film studies i don't i don't think so i mean if look at the fucking people on the internet like tell me these people have degrees well, in film right. right. journalism you know so I'll, it's not school i'll
0: take a you know joe joe bob did a um you know our lord and savior um he did a <laughs> he did a, a beautiful speech um on the last drive-in one night and he said you know don't 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 say that you're making a film just say it like it is you're a filmmaker you know so, you know be confident in the things that you do so you know i guess with all confidence i will say that i'm a film critic <laughs> okay <laughs> and you know that's that so i mean you know whether or not people give a shit about my opinion on movies i don't know it's kind of strange to me considering especially considering the ones that i write about are very you know they're it's a very niche group of uh films you know it's not it's not for everybody
1: <laughs> yeah i guess i i do not consider myself a film critic at all i i would i would say that that is you know if you ever had to pick two words that do not describe me uh, it would be in shape and film critic, um, <laughs> so I, I I throw throw down the shackles of that fucking name. Um, <laughs> but I, I I would definitely say I'm a filmmaker, and I I think sometimes there's a confusion between the two, yeah. and sometimes I I wonder how, and I know that there's people in the past that have worn both hats, right? Right. But I yeah. I feel like if it's it it feels weird to me to be critical of someone else's work, knowing the time and effort that they put into it to make that work in the first place right and sometimes people work really hard and still make bad movies right and to get on there and shit on them for it and to take cheap shots at the fact that they didn't have a lot of money or they had to work with really shitty actors or something or it was just a bad idea you know and, and, and they didn't direct it competently and they fucked right. up you know and
0: well, yeah i mean i you know i definitely i understand what you're saying um you know but which i guess is why i always i try to you know whenever i write my articles i try to be very open-ended about it i will definitely give my opinion but i don't like to, you know shit all over the movies or all over the directors i don't know i feel i feel like i I, i've been very mean to to tom six (laughs) very mean yeah i do
1: (laughs) why i thought you were very complimentary
0: really i i well did you read the did you read both articles did you read the first the first one and then the sequels
1: i thought i did <laughs> i know no i definitely did because i i read them both today that's why i had the idea to bring this up is because i i saw that you had done the sequels that just dropped like two days ago
0: yeah this yeah the sequels was uh that came out saturday and then the uh the first one i did a long time ago i don't like to yeah. do the like i like to write about the like the first ones like i'll do when i spit on your grave uh remakes and sequels and they'll all be together but i did and i spit on your grave the original you know so um, yeah. I, you know i like to give i like to give originals credit where the credits do you know they get their own so um but no i i just i feel like i'm very critical of him because i see through his bullshit and so <laughs> it's i don't blame him for the way that he markets and you know the things that he does however i personally feel like it's kind of gone to the guy's head and uh you know well,
1: you definitely call him out on that but i don't think that's necessary i think that you know look no one really thinks that the human centipede is 100% medically accurate right <laughs> like yeah, yeah. and the and the fact that you kind of take him to task for that I don't think you're 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 being too critical or or splitting hairs it's it's a very bold like kind of I I would feel obviously tongue-in-cheek claim that he makes right. and it works because I'll be honest like I I I Crib that all the time. Yeah. And they'll be, they'll, I use that all the time in like random things where I'll post and be like 100% medically accurate. Cause it's so, it's so catching It's so like,
0: well, and you know, there's, I, I don't have an issue with that. um You know, there's, there, there's all these movies that are, you know, based on true events or true stories and they're not based on fucking anything, you know? So like, I'm not gonna, right. yeah, I'm not gonna shit on him for trying to make his movie more interesting not with that tagline anyway it's just that you know he he claims that it is the most disturbing movie of all time he claims that you know right. he, he makes all these big claims about his movies um you know like well just even writing about um you know how how the second movie was in black and white he claims that it's because it was too gory and it had to be edited that way but then there's claims that he did it just because it looked better but then there's also claims that he did it just because the um, the effects were off without it being in black and white, which I've I've read about before in film. <laughs> I, <So. laughs>
1: I I I, th- I was under the impression that it was it was to tone down the gore, but from a filmmaking standpoint, I thought that it could have been because it was e- just easier to do
0: right right because when exactly.
1: you do it in black and white you can the blood color i mean you're only dealing with two colors so right, it's you can get away with a lot. easier to fake the gore <laughs> effects exactly blood and shit are basically interchangeable it's all hershey syrup
0: right well and then, he's, and then he does like the schindler's list thing where you know the the shit eventually is brown you know and
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> you know that's just a very bad horrible i mean it's, it's a that's a it's a bad take <laughs>
1: do you have anything else that you're working on for uh dark universe
0: well i do it every week so uh i'll do another oh, so
1: then what's the next one uh,
0: it's it always comes out saturday every saturday sick flick saturday
1: what's uh the saturday
0: i'm not sure yet are you got any suggestions but <laughs> <laughs> usually just usually i do it so i gotta do it so i'm a mom so i i you know i can't watch these movies with my fucking 9 year old sitting there watching with me you know She's <laughs> So I got to usually got to wait till she leaves and um she usually leaves every Thursday night so that's when I sit down and watch him and 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 write you know write him up eventually. So I don't really know yet. I might do there's a film called Dead man Shoes. I've never seen it though. Um so but it's about this um like uh, this army vet comes home or I guess he's not a vet but this guy in the army comes home and finds out that um either his brother's been killed or he's been mistreated, his brother happens to be mentally disabled. And he kind of goes after the guys that that did it. He finds out slowly what happened. It's kind of a um, just a different take on rape and revenge, really. It sounds like just without the rape. I hope.
1: <laughs> so I I I feel terrible that I did not pay close enough attention that you've been doing this. I well I knew you were doing some of these, um, yeah, because we had talked about them. But so two weeks ago, you did a movie that really was very decisive between me and my wife the house that jack built
0: oh okay yeah
1: so i well i took so that that premiered in the theater right like very it was a very small release but chicago was one of the places where it premiered and it was at the music box right and um it's so this, this ties everything together perfectly and then we can get on to the show um so i had actually pitched to uh bloody disgusting to let me do the review of this because there was no critic screening there was no screeners of it if you wanted to see it you had to go to the screening and then um and then it was then it was going to be on vod or whatever the fuck was going to happen to it next so i i had reached out to bloody disgusting and i said hey i'm going to be at this thing and they said okay well one of our other reporters is going to go reporters in air quotes of course uh and if they don't make it then you can do the write-up for it and it ended up that they made it and did the write-up so that was a fucking bust but i went to this thing and before i went my wife was like well, what are you doing i'm like oh i'm, I'm going to the screening of this movie and she's like well don't you want to take me with and i was like i don't know if you're gonna like this and she's like and she's like well who's it about, you know what's it about and i'm like well matt dylan and uma thurman and blah 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 and she was like okay yeah i'll go it's <laughs> like all right okay. and um I don't think I got to pick the movie for like that we watched for like three months afterwards because she, she hated this fucking thing. Really? <laughs> and like I, yeah, really. I just read yours. You hated it too, but like, like I like Lars von Trier, and I like really wanky, artsy European directors to a certain extent. Yeah, his I like. I love Nymphomaniac. I love. um actually antichrist is probably the the one that i like the least melancholia was, is a fucking excellent movie it's an excellent like end of the world movie um and i forget what else. i think those are the only ones that i've seen i know he had shit before that yeah but like antichrist is when he fucking exploded on the scene with willem dafoe and the nuts and the hammer right. and
0: the- i haven't seen oh. it
1: oh okay it's all right but nymphomaniac check out because it's very watchable and there's a lot of fucking in it and melancholia was on netflix for the longest time all his movies are long but they're 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 palatable and if you got to watch them in, in two sittings it's not the end of the world you don't ruin the flow too much um but oh. yeah I, I, so the I, one i've I
0: seen th- of his uh, the, uh, the house that jack belt was was is the first one i've seen and um you know obviously if you've read the review you know that i wasn't too impressed with it um i'm yeah. just extremely bored and um,
1: yeah it's a long ride
0: it is it's very long and it's very it's just a little it's a little too artsy it's a little too pretentious for my taste um and i think that was the big issue that i had with it you know was that there was just and, and, and like i said you know and i already know because the, the, again and this was a big request this wasn't just i decided to just sit down and watch this one this was you know people wanted me to write about this one and you know they're like oh you like it if you like that kind of stuff you'll really like it the, there just wasn't enough payoff with the gore that you know right. to justify the lengthy pretentious bullshit and it's not that i didn't get it i got it it's just that no, it's you not got it that impressive it's, it's
1: like it, yeah <laughs> no I, I for me it was yeah i mean i i got it too like you know I, it's very clear that it's a dante's inferno right thing and he's, you know
0: right meets american psycho that's exactly what it is
1: and some of the set pieces and that's what it is is i think it's like five different set pieces yeah it that is some yeah. of them work better than the others the one when he's got the mom and the kid and they're hunting or whatever yeah. like holy shit no, like that that
0: was, that, w- that was fucked up right it's funny. right
1: and that's the thing is that sometimes it really works or the one in the apartment with like isn't there like a crackhead girl or like a dr- it's his a-
0: girlfriend i think i think it's supposed to be his girlfriend
1: yeah and it's just so some of it works but it, at the same time it feels very self indulgence. yeah yeah and it's like did you really need these five different stories couldn't you have structured this better it's almost like well
0: it was supposed to be a tv series which was why uh it, it was structured that way so it's like yeah, oh. if, once he converted it to a movie then there was a lot that he should have taken out however then it wouldn't have made jack a serial killer you know <laughs> so <laughs> i guess you know i don't know
1: i mean five hour long episodes or 45 minute episodes or however he was going to do it that to me seems like it would have worked a hell that made
0: a sense, better. right that would have made a lot of sense yeah. it, it didn't make sense as a movie and so i think that had he did it as a series then okay i could i could see you know he could he could have explained it better and presented it better but you know either way you know it nobody was angry i was surprised there was no um outcry For my opinion, because, like I said, this has been a highly requested, and a lot of people really like it. Which is why I'm surprised your wife didn't like it, because a lot of people do like it. Um,
1: Oh, fucking! I did not. I I
0: was (laughs) bored, and not for the reasons of you know, not because kids get killed or anything, but because it just was boring. (laughs) There wasn't enough kid killing in it for me.
1: (laughs) I dug it. I like. I like the occasional art art house movie. I can, you know, trust me. There's nothing I love more than a 75 minute John Carpenter. Fucking breakneck speed over before it begins. Yeah. Horror movie, action movie. Like, don't get me wrong, I love that shit. That's my bread and butter. But, you know, occasionally I do like to go to a shitty theater on the north side of Chicago and sit there and watch a three hour art house film. And this the house that Jack built to me scratched that itch. Yeah. And I I'll never watch it again. And I don't own it on any type of physical media or streaming. But I I will say that in that environment, like it it was, I I had an okay time watching it in the theater on opening night. Um, Although I don't fault anyone for not liking it because it's definitely. Right. Pretentious, (laughs) Pretentious, it, it, <laughs> Which, yeah, and, and you know, i will say
0: yes, and I don't, I don't mind that. Typically, well, it just depends on what it is, you know. It really does. Um, and you gotta
1: be the boot for it too. It's so fucking did. subjective, you right. know what I mean? Like,
0: right, exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. So,
0: um, but getting back on a topic, before that happens, I'm gonna apologize real quick. I don't know if everybody, my, I'm in, I, I recorded my bedroom, my door shut, and you might hear my cat going nuts. So I'm sorry ahead of time, but <laughs> I can't make him stop. So. (laughs) he's not not in here right now so i'm not torturing the cat he's fine it's not a ghost cat it's just my fat very spoiled cat wants in my room and he can't
1: so (laughs)
0: anyway so how did that tie into today's topic because of the freezer
1: oh uh, what was i saying no i don't think it necessarily okay. <laughs> t- tied into the topic it was just oh because i had brought up the film twitter and this was supposed to be a film twitter thing that i was going to review oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah, i didn't get to do the review but you got to do the review and yeah. it's all good that's okay <laughs> right. well
0: so on to uh the topic of today so we've been trying to kind of have a you know cold weather theme here and i thought it'd be really cool to talk about the minnesota ice man now pat you're so far not very impressed by this is that is that what i'm hearing
1: no i was i we we also brought in the topic to con- like conspiracy theories that might be true or might correct. not be true correct, correct? okay correct. all right so um, i'll i'll pitch in more with that i mean this is the, I, the iceman you're right i was not very it's nice that there's a chicago connection um but I'll let you kind of tell the yeah. story on a
0: yeah, yeah yeah so it's um it's a it's a fun little story, so uh there was this guy named uh Frank Henson who um started showing off this um frozen creature and um he was you know kind of taking it around in different places, I think he it at like some type of museum or something at some point um but this was like in the nineteen sixties nineteen seventies and the creature itself um was some type of of human like ape-like creature that uh it was about six foot tall <clears throat> had hair all over its body and then had other you know animalistic features like uh, facial features and stuff like that typically again what you would see with like an ape and um you know so he had this thing frozen and and whatever and they don't really they didn't really know what it was um the story went goes that he that this creature was shot well maybe so the, the basically the story goes the creature was shot somewhere in siberia and maybe it was either frozen in the ice before or they took the body and froze it um but that's one of the stories uh the origin stories of this thing has changed over and over again um to you know that that henson shot it himself he got it from somebody else that shot it either way somebody shot it it had its eyeballs protruding out and then there was a hole in the back of the head, like it was shot in the head. And then the arm was also broken. And so, you know, he's going around showing this, this, this weird ice creature thing, um, uh, which was later dubbed the Minnesota Iceman. And uh it caught the attention of two prominent cryptozoologists. Uh one of them being I- Ivan Sanderson and the other one being uh Bernard Hoovelman. Heuvel- I think that's how you- I think that's how you say his name i'm probably gonna butcher some names so just whatever and um so they went and they were invited to frank henson's house his home to go see this thing and they go and they see this thing and they both look at each other and they go wow this thing is legit like this is this is the real deal this is something and um you know they they just took note of like different things of the body that made sense for what it was like i know they were talking about like the padding of its feet and you know how how obviously be used to walk because it would be bipedal and just all kinds of different stuff so they then go to their friend uh john napier who worked at the smithsonian and said hey this is legit you know come see this john happened to also have a thing for like cryptid humanoids and um so he was all about it he's like yeah you got this thing i'm gonna come see your thing and uh (laughs) so he came out and he checked out the thing and it <laughs> what he said was that it was a it was a latex creature it was fake right so you know from that point on then you got the smithsonian people saying that it's fake well frank has frank henson has a claim that he actually did not let john see the real one had actually switched the real one out with a model that he was taking for a display and to show around to people and um because you know some people think because they were worried that they would come and take it away some of the claims is that they were worried because he shot this thing and um he could be charged for murder if you know it came to be some type of human um so and then we also have ivan sanderson apparently went with john to go check it out and said that that was not the same thing that him and and hooveman saw so um, which is very interesting now hooveman's Um, his big story was that you know again the story has changed over and over where this thing came from but what he what he found out was that uh, in Vietnam there was a story of a shooting of an ape-like creature and um, it was you know in the newspapers and whatnot and at the same time Henson who was in the military happened to be stationed there so you know even though the Smithsonian has come out and said that this thing is fake is it? <laughs> I mean, could Henson have swapped out the bodies? Is that a possibility that he would have done that? I mean, like you said, it's it's you know, best case scenario, it's just some type of caveman, which is impressive by itself, you know what I mean? Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but of course, for for us and in, in the crypto community, you know, we're hoping that it is some type of Bigfoot. Um, uh, but it is now at the um, you know, people talk about how it's lost or whatever. It's not, it's uh it's the dude at the museum of the weird in austin texas he bought it it's there you can go see it you can go see it in austin texas
1: <laughs> yeah but which one did he buy i mean now that you there could be multiple out there floating around yeah
0: so that's that is the big question you know is is that the replica is is there just a replica i mean they were able to confirm that he did build a replica from uh i think some, some type of you know somebody in like west virginia or something and so you know he did order one but it's like but again is it a replica of of an actual creature is the actual creature around somewhere you know we really don't know um but it so it is a very interesting unsolved case now the guy the steve guy um he won't let anybody come see it like or i'm sorry i'm sorry he won't let anybody come take pictures of it you won't find updated pictures of it online but there are pictures of it online and then that's another side to this is that when you look at the pictures multiple pictures and when you look at them they're different like, and there's one picture where you can see it and it's frozen in the block of ice, but like its mouth is kind of open and like you can see all its teeth. But then in the other pictures and the more famous pictures of it, you there's no teeth at all. So it's obviously, I mean, to me, it looks like two different things. It doesn't even look like the same thing.
1: Right.
0: And then it, it constantly changed positions, it moved a lot. And they say that's because Henson had, had uh, thought it and refrozen it and thought it and refrozen it and whatever. Um, when Sanderson and Hovelmans went to go see it, they said that um, it was in glass, and while they were there, the glass had cracked and a horrible smell came out of it. So they're totally convinced that this thing was real,
1: <clears throat> right? I the st- storing it in ice doesn't seem very practical, especially when you're talking about like you know, a hundred years or you know 50 70 years ago when yeah technology wasn't what it was now and you're gonna they can't even transport the vaccine around <laughs> right They kept it nice like that's a fucking big head Is how well, they're gonna, gonna do right that
0: why he, he thought it and refroze it over and over again you know
1: right but that you would think that would cause so much deterioration to an already you know you can't really do that to to organic material i would think I, mean, I don't know it had
0: deteriorated so badly and that was why he got the replica made was because he was making money off of it and this thing was pretty much useless maybe fucking put it to rest somewhere buried it somewhere and now have sure
1: back. oh that makes sense yeah
0: i mean that's you know that's another thing i'm not sure if i buy the story or not um you know it's hard it is it's difficult because um you know cycling she- gaffs are popular you know, they're really a popular thing to make. Uh, my friend Cherish, whom that's where I film my show at, is at her shop. She owns a shop. It's called the Secret Chamber House of Oddities and Artwork. It's in Fairborn, Ohio. Go visit. Mm-hmm. And uh, she makes gaffes. You know, she's she's got um, dragon skeletons there. She's got a, a fairy skeleton. She's got a chupacabra head in the jar. I mean, she, you know, she makes that stuff. And it's, it's a big thing in the taxidermy world to, to make these things and, you know, make them into creatures that they're really not. Um, you know, and that kind of whole thing kicked off with, you know, PT Barnum and his Fiji mermaid, which I don't know how much you know about the Fiji mermaid, <laughs> but <laughs> Barnum said that he had this uh he had a real live mermaid and it was on display and he took it around the country and showed everybody and um and it looked legit and people bought this story and they're like, Well hell yeah, that's legit. You know, come to find out, most likely it was just a um a monkey's top part of their body sewed onto the fish bottom. And it was just, again, it was just a gaff, It was just a taxidermy trick. And uh, now, of course, we can't confirm because the original mermaid, you know, apparently caught on fire in some building somewhere. Um, but there's a history of stuff like that, you know. And like I said, specifically in the sideshow business, I mean, you know, you want to drum up business, you've got to show some, you know, people something weird. so.
1: Did you come across the rumor that uh, the original owner of the Iceman was Jimmy Stewart?
0: I did, yes, because yeah, yes, because that's <laughs> yep. Henson always said that it wasn't actually his Iceman. He was right. it, it was there was a wealthy millionaire, you know, or whatever that you know owned it, and then yes, yeah, some people said that it was Jimmy Stewart.
1: <laughs> Which makes sense because I mean that goes that you know look at Michael Jackson who supposedly bought the Elephant Man's bones and yeah. you know if you have all this money. To spend, and you can you know at some point do you start collecting art, do you start collecting weird paranormal shit,
0: yeah, you know. that's true, um, why not I mean gotcha yeah, got got some money laying around well, right, so that I mean I guess that brings up my curiosity as to like you know where who sold the who sold it back in twenty thirteen who was the seller, and nobody really I don't think anybody's ever come out and said who it was, yeah you know so who owned it before i don't know you know so then but then what happened so it's like a, so let's just say jimmy stewart owned it let's just say henson shot it so henson shot this thing maybe he showed it around a couple of times jimmy stewart happened to see it he said i want that he bought it off of him and he said yeah you can own it as long as i can still carry it around i mean I don't
1: know. <laughs> yeah why would you buy it then at that point
0: right you i know? mean you know for what purpose so that i can it can eventually go back to your home I, you know I'm not
1: unless gonna- jimmy stewart was you know
0: it was the guy flying
1: the fucking plane or whatever
0: yeah that's true well yeah i mean like i said it could be some type of weird investment i mean maybe if he believed in it that much that it was real and he'd want people to to get out and see it maybe he'd want rights to it to be able to transport and make sure that as you know and and not just transport but um preserve you know and if gosh if he sank that money into it to do it Mm. then i guess i could see it being frozen all the time it is a very it's it's a fun it's a fun little tale um you gotta do a little bit of digging to kind of find out more information about it um because you know you go to the wikipedia page it's just that doesn't tell you the whole story it's just like oh it's fake we know it's fake the smithsonian said so and uh you know whatever so i mean if, if you want to read about it you definitely can um there's you know a little bit more to it than you know just like everything that we can provide here but you know i, I thought that was interesting um but speaking of you know hoaxes that might not be a hoax um pat you brought up a really good one um do you wanna
1: i got a couple good ones Ooh. uh yeah we'll start off with the area 51 caller from coast to coast a.m yeah, yeah. you want to do that one well, so it. on uh september 11th you know raise your eyebrows at that <laughs> 1997 a man claiming to have worked at area 51 called in to the talk show coast to coast a.m he spoke with a frantic voice of extra-dimensional beings and plots by the government that could change the world. So that's uh, go to um, we we could post this on the on the show's Twitter. Yeah. But um, there, if you search Area Fifty-One Coast to Coast Call, this is a pretty famous event that happened. And on YouTube, there's audio of the call. And uh, it, I went to a website, Gothic Country, and I'll share that uh, that link on the Twitter but they have a transcript of the recording and kind of like details on the whole thing but basically to reiterate what i just read uh you know at uh, the coast to coast am that night it was back when art bell was the host was the original host and he would do open lines a lot and um he had one night where he was doing uh looking for anybody you know so how, how coast to coast worked is it was like a radio call-in show and they would have like you know west of the rockies east of the rockies and then the wild card line and if you wanted to call in on the wild card line you had to have a specific story or, or uh, relating to a specific like topic or something right. and that night it was past employees of area 51 and this guy um who said his name was brian was the only person to use that line and the audio recording from this call is fucking eerie okay this guy calls in he's all frantic and he makes a bunch of claims that are that are super interesting number one uh the aliens are not aliens they do not come from outer space they're extra-dimensional beings that a precursor to the space program uh made contact with back in The early part of the 20th century number two that uh, our government has a secret treaty with them and that there is a technology exchange um uh, the technology was being exchanged in uh in exchange for uh, like uh, performing experiments on human beings right and that at some point we found out that we were being duped that we were being lied to that the we were not given complete lists of abductions or experiments that were taking place and that, uh, we tried to fight back against them, uh, and we lost in some capacity and that we are basically at the mercy of these beings that, um, are going to, that had a prior, uh, advanced knowledge of natural disasters that were going to wipe out part of the population. Yeah. And that there were certain areas that they could move people to uh, away from the major population centers in the mountains or in, in underground bases or whatever to protect them from the things that were coming. And they weren't doing it because they want to see the population uh, die off or become, be, be reduced to a more manageable level. So, th- And then in the middle of this call, <laughs> the the coast to coast gets taken off the air they're not not one station but where they're broadcasting from in pahrumpf nevada or wherever the fuck it was boom completely goes down yeah yeah right and comes back up and everybody loses their shit this is like the most insane coast-to-coast thing that could possibly happen on coast-to-coast am it's it's an indictment it's verification of everyone's worst fears people fucking freak out about nine months later They do another open line show on April twenty eighth, nineteen ninety eight, and somebody claiming to be the same man calls back and says, "Hey, this was just a hoax." Yeah, and says that he's the same caller. And I, I was, I was in in preparation for this show. I was not able to find a recording of when he called back, but I've heard it before. Oh, really? Yeah, and he kind of does he tries to like repeat like what he did before like the, the, voice, the panic, right. yeah he does like the panic voice and it kind of sounds like him but it's not and mind you this is all over like terrestrial landlines like back in the 90s right so it's not like right. crystal clear 4g cell phone technology it's like you know um but the question is okay was this was the first call a hoax right okay if it was Um, then okay then it's a hoax but the guy that calls back brian was he really the first caller and he was just fucking with our bell yeah or was he really the first caller and he was telling the truth and he was got to and he was reprogrammed and then he was made to call back to discredit the claims that he made on the first show why did coast to coast and this is not this part of the story is not debatable by any means right why was the show just completely like dumped off the air was it something that was it a panic move by somebody whether or not the story was true was somebody like listening to that and saying like holy shit get that thing off the fucking air now because it sounded real i mean that's the thing if you listen to this call even if it's not true it's a great piece of like performance art or however you want yeah, however right. you want to describe I mean, it
0: you know just starting there just listen to the call i mean it's probably you know one of the most convincing uh acts i've ever heard because it's it sounds legit it sounds very scary and then yes like he's like we talked well like you were saying you can't fake the the actual tower going down you know that, right. that wasn't it's not like the caller hung up and the, and they just lost the call. It's that everything was shut down from the radio station's end. And it's like, you know, I I don't, I, you know, my I don't believe in, in coincidences. I really don't. I really uh. don't. And so, you know, that definitely seemed on purpose. And then, like you said, I never even thought about the fact that, like, maybe it was the same guy and he was reprogrammed. I'd never considered that.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. It, it It could be if because if the dude was an ex area 51 employee they could have figured out who he was pretty quick right and they said you know you can kill the guy and then the guy goes and he disappears and then that's the story yeah. but isn't it if you're li- really looking to discredit what he says doesn't it make more sense to parade him out six months later and have him say ah, i take it back i was just fucking with you guys yeah well that's true you know
0: yeah uh, so, and, it, and it would i mean or you know at the very least maybe he was threatened into doing that
1: or maybe it wasn't the same guy or maybe he oh, was and he was right. just fucking around but Right? maybe there, it was
0: could have just been a joke but you know we'll never really know
1: <laughs> right there's mul- there's multiple outcomes to that story which yeah. is why i think it's the most interesting because you gotta you get to pick your own uh you know pick your own plot line there yeah and the fact that the original call happened on september 11th 1997 yeah that's why i didn't I realize mean, that yeah that that's that's an interesting little anecdote as well footnote to that story i don't think it necessarily proves anything one way or the other but of all the you know there's 364 other days it could have fucking happened well right of
0: all the coincidences of the story itself then you got that one too it's like
1: "Mm." yeah (laughs) so that's it's interesting but yeah check out the call it's it's super it's very wildly of it you will not have to look very hard to find it it's area 51 caller coast to coast am
0: i mean you can probably just have an area 51 caller and it comes it's, it's 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 a big thing it's very popular so yeah you know that's definitely uh easy to find so that is a good one i didn't realize you had you had others oh i'm excited
1: so here here's another here's just a random one-off thing that i'm going to throw out there real quick uh do you know who was the first person to break the story of osama bin laden's alleged death uh, on social media
0: i do not
1: dwayne the rock johnson what yes dwayne the rock johnson was the first person to talk about Osama bin laden's death on social media
0: well so hold on wait (laughs) why i don't
1: because he got inside information and there's there's a couple different sources he has a cousin that's a navy seal and there's also the possibility that um just from being in action movies you know they train with these armed forces people when they do their weapons training and yeah like you know he before he does fast and the furious fucking 13 or whatever you know (laughs) he's got to learn how to shoot he's got to learn how to hold a fucking m16 the right way or whatever yeah okay and they have him train with these guys and you get to be friends with them and um somebody that he was close with in the in the uh military industrial complex gave him noticed that this had gone down and dwayne the jack runs dwayne the rock johnson takes the fucking twitter
0: okay, tells everybody,
1: <laughs> and immediately tweets about it and says uh you know i i should have i this would make sense that i would quote this but um just that it's a it's a it's a good day to be an american and i can't wait for you guys to all hear when i just heard and blah 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 okay so i think that that kind of um I found that to be very, very interesting. That that's not really a conspiracy, but it's just something I found out in uh my research for the other topics. (laughs) I just (laughs) wanted to share that with you guys. Just in the
0: the middle of an article, it's like, by the way, did you know? (laughs) 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 Fun fact. (laughs) Dwayne Johnson broke the news on (laughs) Osama bin Laden. Well, there's all kinds of stuff that i mean we've kind of talked about that before people, there's a lot of people that don't believe he died you know there's no proof that he right wanted, so
1: because <laughs> there, there's a severe lack of evidence of that one
0: right i mean there's absolutely none and it's like you know even though there's allegedly pictures of his body meanwhile we saw saddam hussein get hanged we got to watch that and you can watch that right. anywhere but there's not even a picture of dude's body i mean really you know why not that's and then and then they pushed his body out into the ocean uh i don't know that's a weird one <laughs> i think we've kind of talked about that one before on the show not i don't think we've talked about it at a great length or anything but i feel like we yeah but yeah that is really interesting wow no i did not know that i did not know that
1: so do you want me to get to my second one or do you yeah. have something else? no go okay. ahead
0: I, the, the minnesota ice man and the fiji mermaid's all i got so <laughs> oh,
1: okay so, <laughs> so this so one this is like this is my new um i mean i i'm so excited about this so and, and this is where i got the info for, about the rock as well so <clears throat> there is a legend i guess you would say that or uh i don't know a uh, theory or, or whatever that the band the scorpions are you familiar with the scorpions
0: uh, i mean enough yeah
1: <laughs> okay so rock rock you like a hurricane yeah uh still loving you my favorite personal favorite is the zoo i mean
0: i Um, I don't i don't jam them or anything at my party
1: right well they're even a little bit before my time and but i had their greatest hit cd when i was like in my early teens it was it's like a popular
0: genre it's fine
1: like late 80s early 90s like metal
0: yeah
1: fucking butt rock whatever but they were from germany and the guys got kind of a weird voice well in the early 90s they released a song called winds of change and uh this song was released they're, they're, like i said they're a german band and they grew up in west germany which is the you know the western part of the western world and you know right. they're democratic or whatever and then there's the berlin wall and it separates east germany from west germany yeah. well in in the early 90s the berlin wall came down obviously and they released this song And it was kind of in response to the wall coming down. Uh, It was kind of a response to the climate in Europe at the time. And it was also arguably instrumental in what happened next, which was the dissolution of the Soviet Union. And what was happening at that time in Europe is so, you know, obviously, the Cold War had been going on since World War Two, right? Right. And communism and Russia was very, it was very inclusive, didn't like outside things coming in. And, you know, Russia was very selective about the type of music that they let in. They didn't want, you know, American rock and roll. They, you know, they they didn't like American TV. They didn't like American culture. They didn't want people getting these ideas about freedom and change. It's kind of like modern
0: day North Korea.
1: Right, A perfect example. Yeah, because they're both communist countries. Yeah. So, like, exactly. So, everything, all the shit that you hear about North Korea, that was Russia. Yeah. Except, except Russia, their shit worked, and we were actually kind of afraid of them. Yeah. And they were this big, scary empire, and they were trying to push communism around the globe the same way that the United States and and Western countries were trying to push democracy and freedom. Right. This is the narrative at the time, at least. Right. So. How do you win wars like that, right? You you can't really... It's not just about occupying places on a map. It's it's more of a cultural war. Mm-hmm. So what Russia and, and communism is a really good thing to sell to these third world countries that aren't very industrialized, that don't have that big of an economy. The idea of us all working together and sharing everything and no one owns anything sounds really good to people who don't have shit in the first place, yeah, right? right? But these more developed countries are going to be more democracy leading because it's like well no i like capitalism i fucking i'm a good builder i want to make money for the shit that i build you know right anyway so so the united states is locked in a cold war with ussr with russia and um obviously there's spies going back and forth blah 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 supposedly the scorpions were contacted by the cia to release this song wind of change and it's all about change coming to russia and europe and a new era dawning right and it happens right after the the fall of the berlin wall and then a couple years later you have the coup in russia and soviet union dissolves and a lot of people maintain that the cia was behind the scorpions releasing the wind of change the song right and um how i came across this st- i mean i knew what the yeah. song was it, it, it's a pretty popular song this? i'm very curious there's a podcast that came out oh god so if, you're, if you're gonna listen to a podcast listen to ours but if you're gonna listen to another podcast <laughs> you should listen to the wind of change podcast it's only eight episodes it's really fucking good but basically it's this journalist for the new york times patrick rating keith who heard from a friend who worked at the cia that uh heard this story right and this was kind of a legend that they told around the cia all right okay and through the course of the podcasts uh he talks to uh ex-musicians and he talks to ex-cia agents and some of them confirm it and some of them deny it and some of them deny it and then are imp- then and deny other things that are proven to be liars uh he, he does one Uh, interview one episode he talks to um, this person that was responsible for bringing this country band to uh, the nitty-gritty band who wrote the song Mr. Bojangles Uh, this they brought them to Russia in the um, late 70s and it was the first American band to tour russia okay right okay because they wanted some type of cultural exchange to keep their people happy right right you can't just have that that amount of people living in a vacuum you got to give them fucking something right right and uh this guy was an interpreter that went with the band that spoke russian but he was actually a cia plant too and they had a KGB plant that went with them. So the, the podcast is really interesting cuz it's a lot about the CIA and covert operations and spies, but it's also about rock and roll. So it's a it's a great Venn diagram of things that interest the fuck out of me. Um and how this story expe- episodes like 45 minutes.
0: Okay, there's 8 of them. T- is it ongoing still or is
1: it over? No, no, no. They it ran its course. Okay.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, so it's over and done with. And I mean spoiler alert, the how it ends is in the last episode. They talked to the lead singer of the Scorpions, and they ask him point blank, Did you, did the CIA write this song? And he said, No. Yeah. But I mean, that's fucking, that doesn't really prove well, anything. One right. Why
0: would he admit to it? I mean, that's
1: <laughs> right And it, what's interesting about this is that, um, a couple things. Number one is that, you know, there, there's a very strong relationship between the CIA and, um, I mean, look at the, have you ever seen the movie Argo?
0: i i have not
1: okay so the movie argo Ben it won the best picture and of course it did because it's all about you know the film industry saving people's lives bloodlessly you know it's fucking jerking themselves off but basically what happened was there was uh a there was Americans trapped in a u.s embassy in some middle eastern country i want to say iran but fucking if i'm wrong i'm gonna sound like a racist so i don't know i don't remember <laughs> no. but libya or some shit so like they're, they're, the americans are caught in the embassy they want to get them out how do they get cia into libya to get these americans out well what they do is they 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 put together a bullshit film production and they say that they're going over there to shoot desert scenes desert scenes for the star wars knockoff called argo and they have us they have somebody write a script and they bring in the guy that produced planet of the apes to act like he's the producer they used real hollywood people that worked alongside the cia and then all those people go over to russia or not russia libya iran wherever to make this movie and while they let them in the country to make the movie they sneak over to the embassy they get all these fucking uh these these trapped uh you know people and then they bring them back over to the united states to sneak them out of the country okay so this is stuff that's actually happened and you know there's lots of cases of uh them using black artists in the 50s and 60s to travel to africa and um nina simone and who is the other one uh jesus i just take better notes but it's, there's several uh what's his name the trumpet player oh louis armstrong louis armstrong and nina simone the cia basically both set up like tours for them as musicians and like hey do you want to go on tour and they're like yeah sure all right cool well we're gonna have you tour the congo And they're like, oh, okay, so now you have this, like, this, like, black artist going to all these African countries, right? But like, their tour manager and like the people traveling with them are actually CIA agents, and it's their excuse to kind of move freely through the country and like also bring American culture to these countries, these impoverished countries that could potentially be swayed into communism. But because they're, you know, they look at these American musicians, this American artists, they're going to hopefully be more intertwined with american culture and lean more towards democracy right because the number one key to all this is propaganda does not work if it looks like propaganda we know that now right so the way to make pro- propaganda work is to disguise it as culture okay all right okay. and it's something that i know that we brought up on the show before is like the toby keith song courtesy of the red white and blue yeah, yeah yeah, like how that came out right after 9-11 it's like well yeah maybe it's toby keith just trying to cash in on 9-11 or maybe it's a great example of like jingoist fucking propaganda because right. you want people to you want to bolster the crowd and we need more people to enlist and we want people to support the war right we don't want protests we want people drinking you know bud light listening to toby keith and saying yeah bomb the fuckers turn it all into glass right you know
0: that's true. So. That's, I, I guess, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it. So Pat sends me this and, you know, to me, I was just, I don't know. I was very tired. I was reading it all wrong. And, um, you know, that's what happens when you hunt Dog Man all weekend. But um, <laughs> so I'm like reading it and I'm just thinking that this is like a big comedy bit because, you know, one of the quotes that I had read said that the lead singer had admitted that it was fake. But I was, I, I don't know why I was thinking it was the podcast host that was saying it was fake and i'm like all for it so at at the end of the day um you know even if the the conspiracy itself doesn't interest you um you know take it at face value for comedy because man that's that's fantastic that's genius (laughs) i was like really i was like really into it i was like wow this guy's just created this whole uh conspiracy made out of this uh out of this um song or whatever but i'm really interested now that you mentioned that he you know it's a it's a cia rumor and, and whatnot that's pretty
1: uh, yeah it was it was generated by people that work in the agency right and it was like something that like older agents sit around and like bullshit and talk to like the younger guys about yeah and,
0: well so you said you came across it because you came you came across the podcast itself and you started listening to it or what
1: it was something no i i think i it was an article that was written about it okay and um i mean it makes it made sense to me there was something that kind of rang true and yeah um I think, like the, like I said, conspiracies and rock and roll is just a great intersection for me. It it's a great meeting sense. point. Well,
0: it's it's something that I've never really, I've never really heard of before. So
1: right and when you dig deeper into it there's a lot of stuff that like a lot of little details that kind of fill in fill in the blanks a bit more like supposedly this song was written by the lead singer and the lead singer never wrote any of their other songs The, the guitar player wrote all their songs and then the lead singer shows up one day with this song that's fully written with the lyrics and he's like hey i have a song (laughs) and it's <laughs> <And it'll>,
0: influential
1: <laughs> yeah this is gonna be this is gonna be like super influential to like you know the geopolitical landscape of europe you know Yeah. and was. uh what was the other one their tour manager there I, I i haven't i didn't i didn't get to this part yet but I, I came across it when i was skimming like all you know the the lowdown on this whole thing supposedly like their tour manager too had been like uh had been a part of like drug busts in the 60s or something and and had there was some connection there um and what was what was the last one that'd be a pretty Uh, smart
0: job actually i mean parading as a tour manager to to, you know bust drugs yeah that makes sense
1: right to see who's not necessarily who's selling coke to the bands but like okay who who where are these guys getting this shit from right how's it getting into the country and stuff
0: right i think that'd be Uh, smart (laughs) it makes sense (laughs) so there's there's already all kinds of stuff i'm excited I, i and i don't normally i don't listen to podcasts so and I'm gonna check it out because I don't know. I like these kind of not really old wives' tales, but they're like ham hand me down tales, you know it's stuff everybody knows about nine eleven you know everybody knows about about j f k they know about the big ones. nobody knows about this
1: well, and this would be one where actually we got it right. You know what I mean. This is not some botched operation. this is not another Benghazi or some shit like that. like this is something where you know this where where we the our our intelligence agency, you know had the foresight to be like okay here's this band that's based out of germany that that is hugely popular in, in the communist europe right because they were a german band so their tapes you know they talk about how they would they had family the band themselves had family that lived in east germany and yeah their music was banned and you couldn't buy it in a record store but they would just mail it to each other or i guess you could move kind of freely back and forth across the border Well, and, then, and people and, oh go ahead people would dub copies of their tapes and it was like you know if you were if you were living behind enemy lines if you were living in communist europe at that time you're not going to have access to bruce springsteen you're not going to have access you're not creating music of your own you're not creating culture of your own russia has all they had was like the fucking ballet you know what i mean and so any music that you had was smuggled in and the scorpions were one of those bands that were most prominently smuggled in because they were right there from Germany on the other side of the wall, and because there was people right on the other side of the wall waiting to get their stuff, and then it would disseminate from Germany through the through the rest of the Soviet Union, you know. And then they write this song about how it's time for change, and you know, it', it very hopeful and very positive, and it's going to be okay, and everything's going to be better, and we just need to get through this, and it's the winds of change that are coming through, and then that kind of leads to the cu- the coup and the social upheaval in the soviet union and then the fucking the fall of communist russia
0: yeah i mean it's not one of it's not something that's like entirely too entirely too out of the realm of possibility to to be it's not hurtful you know obviously i mean it ended up doing more good than anything so it's like you know I, i wonder why they wouldn't want to lay claim to that you know
1: well they talk about that and it's because we still do the same thing today and that that's why and that's exactly why we wouldn't discuss a story like this is because the uh, methods and practices are still being employed so we're still we're still weaponizing culture basically right we're still doing it through movies and and songs and, and whatever right you know right and as long as we still do that we're not gonna you know even though this seems like it was 20 30 30 years ago almost at this point that that we might have done something like this uh even though this particular instance is 30 years old i mean if if i think the toby keith thing is a is a perfect example of something in you know from nine eleven, okay so that's 20 years ago and who knows what's being done now although i don't know what artists like you know does like Nicki Minaj like write songs I don't even know I don't even know what music (laughs) is like now like who the fuck would and then who would we who would like North Korea like who are we trying to like yeah like are we really even trying to sway them I would feel like we'd be using against our own people like
0: well I'm sure of it yeah I mean I guess it just I, I can't I can't I really can't think of any modern modern day instances but then again that's that's kind of the whole point right is to is to kind of hide it in plain sight you know right so i mean right. I'm, sh- I'm sure especially with uh you know the pandemic and stuff going on right now you know i could tell you like i i see the influences i mean my mom were kind of talking about how you know right now with everybody holiday shopping um I, you know i feel like and, and she also agrees that it's kind of crazier out there than than usual every year i mean you, you know you got the holiday traffic and you got the lines all the way to the back of the stores and stuff but it's been pretty bad lately i had to walk into the dollar tree the other day to get birthday candles for my daughter's birthday party and i was there at 10 30 in the morning and the line was to the back of the store it took me an hour to pick up birthday candles and um you know on a monday you know, so, you know, usually I could do my holiday shopping and stuff on, on weekdays, um, you know, prior to 2020 and uh, and get it all done uh, in the morning because nobody's really out. But this year it's just totally different. And, you know, it could be that the whole year has put everybody into this weird kind of um kind of like they have to make up for for the how bad the year's been so they're overbuying and they're overspending more than usual this year or you know because they feel like they need to stimulate the economy because it's been worse or whatever and it's like well you know maybe that's been the plan all along is to get people to buy everything out during the holiday season
1: well the one thing i had heard early on with the lockdown was that it was a way to to monitor climate change and and how getting people to stay in would reduce pollution.
0: Oh, that's
1: interesting. You know, because because yeah, they looked at like there done about it. Like, yeah, they looked at like L.A. and China, like yeah. places that have really bad smog and shit. Yeah, and they looked at how how after like a week of people not leaving their houses, how the air quality cleared hmm. and uh, there was less pollution and all this stuff. And you know, I don't know. You know,
0: so, I, so, I, so what I'm saying is that when you guilt people into buying stuff, you know, with this year being so bad, you know, and and how how, how how they would use media to do that is that everybody's talking about 2020 everybody's depressed about it everybody is everybody on all the celebrities on social media everybody and so i mean you can't you can't turn a left a left corner without seeing it you know what i mean like it's just it's going to be everywhere so then you put that you instill that guilt into people and then it makes them have to overbuy or even you know because you can't see just take the holidays out out of it because you can't see grandma what do you do you buy a bunch of shit online and send it to her house you know whatever and so you know what you wouldn't normally have to do because you just go see her and have dinner at her house you know <laughs> so <laughs> and so it's it is a, it's an interesting concept not one that it's just something i kind of made up off the top of my head here but i could see how it's peppered into our culture to to manipulate us to do certain things so
1: uh, yeah i i don't know i uh I, the one thing i'm i'm seeing a lot is people's like saying that like they can't wait for this year to be over as if you know everything's going to change january 1st
0: yeah and i
1: i wonder if that is something where like you know it where are we going to be able to manifest that much of a a vibe shift where like january 1st does come around and everyone's like oh like all right well the vex the vaccinations are underway like everything's good like trump is on his way out although who knows what the fuck is going to happen with that and you know january you know come january 2021 like it really is going to be a new leaf and things are going to start getting better and things are going to you know all this stuff is going to happen and you know is it really going to be the breath of fresh air that everyone thinks it's going to be or because it when you think about it on paper it really shouldn't be like you know i i don't this thing isn't just going to go away things aren't going to like click back over to normal
0: right right well so there's something that um i just i just want to talk about real quick and i forgot to talk about the beginning of the show but it's definitely related to this so on the 21st of december a lot of planetary things are happening and yeah there are a lot of people that seem to think that what's going to happen is that a bunch of people are going to get a bunch of superpowers on the 21st no way yeah, we're all supposed to get as long as you've done your work i guess i you know i gotta say i haven't read too much into it because you know as as much as i believe that the planets influence us i just i don't think that humans are capable of evolving further than what we are really i don't um not spiritually anyway um so you know i don't think anything's going to happen but a lot of people think that come december 21st where there's going to be some big huge cosmic event and people are going to get crazy we're going to be fifth dimensional after that not even fourth dimensional, but fifth dimensional.
1: just skipping right over four moving to number five
0: <laughs> going right into number five so i don't know maybe people are onto something maybe maybe january 1st will be different because we'll all be fucking having superpowers and living the life it'll be great i don't, I don't know <laughs> i'm excited to see that we'll be recording the day after so we'll we can talk about what superpowers we got it'll be wonderful
1: maybe we'll be maybe we'll be recording on the moon we'll fly up there and be like what's up
0: yes yes we'll just go up to to we'll go to the underground bunkers at mars that our buddy knows about
1: we (laughs) we can throw a show with not bringing that motherfucker (laughs) i don't know i don't think we can maybe Um, that'll be the superpower (laughs) when was the when was the Mayan calendar thing wasn't that December 21st yes it was oh and that's why we're like
0: December 21st, 2012 well yeah I'm pretty sure I'm almost No, maybe it wasn't maybe it was 12 12 12 12 maybe it was
1: yeah I don't know but I want to say it was if I it feels like December 21st uh give me one second Yeah. uh December 21st 2012
0: Maybe it was the 21st. Maybe it was twenty twelve. I don't remember. a long time. Yeah,
1: it was December
0: 21st, 2012. Was it? Oh, well yeah man. I worked at a call center calling people to get donations on behalf of uh Christian conservative views. And one of the people i had to call for was some big pastor or whatever and uh basically i they needed to give me three hundred dollars for eternal salvation so um <laughs> because it was coming you know <laughs> i quit that job i was like i i cannot do this <laughs> it's like i'm not gonna tell people they're going to hell if they don't fork over 300 bucks that's crazy but
1: We're, what was your what was your uh feelings on 2012 back in the day
0: nothing mm. I just the world is supposed to i i survived the millennium fuck i mean
1: <laughs> you know what though? but 2012 was on my radar before 2000 so when 2000 okay. came i i wasn't concerned about it i guess the y2k thing was like a little concerning because it was like computer shit and like that seemed like something that could legitimately just happen just because of oversight and programming issues sure but as far as, like, everyone that, you know, oh, the, the pyramids were going to open up or fucking something was going to happen, I I didn't really think, I, I remember going to that, like, New Year's Eve party and being, and everyone being be like, do you think this is going to happen at midnight? And I was like, no. I'm like, you don't got to worry about you don't got to worry about this. You got to worry about twenty twelve. That's gonna be the big one. Everyone's like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Well, because the Mayan calendar and the I Ching and all this shit." Because I was hip to that stuff back in the day. That was when I was that peak weirdo. When I was like <laughs> fucking dropping acid and reading Terence McKenna and all over the place. So like, and then probably those
0: people started like reading about twenty twelve as it got closer, and they're like, "Wow, there was that weird pack." Like, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so like, then when it started to get closer, and I and it was all this other like i was just i remember um i was actually up by you i was in fort wayne when i had to work that night yeah but um i woke i was in fort wayne when i forget what turned what what hits midnight first if it's australia where the fuck it is when the first couple uh the first couple of time zones started to hit midnight
0: yeah
1: started to change over yeah
0: because that's another and, thing you don't know when which time zone it's going to be
1: right well i did i fucking researched that shit i knew the answer that day and once the first couple time zones hit nothing really went down i figured all right well what are the chances that it's going to be central standard time right like chances are i'll be fine and it was and that never happened and that was it was good although i think i don't know if this is a point that you brought up is that It it, it actually that actually could have been the beginning of a lot of this stuff because things it it was supposed to be things starting to be set in motion. It wasn't exactly that it was going to be like someone flipped the switch, right? Yeah. It it was going to be like a motor was going to start to get warmed up. Okay. You know.
0: I mean, I could see that. I don't know. I just never. There's so many doomsday theories. You know what? Even if something were to happen, there's nothing we could do about it if it does. You know. right what are you gonna do to stop to stop you know uh, 1221 or 2012 or, or what are you gonna do to stop the the superpowers from hitting i mean you're not you're just gonna you're gonna be forced to live through it just like anything in life and
1: super fucking powers man there's
0: that's what people are saying <laughs> read about it I, you know i'm not an expert so i can't tell you exactly why people think this but a lot of people think this and so
1: it, well no i check it out yeah because i i did actually see that on twitter uh yesterday someone someone tweeted i think it was like wait a minute what's supposed to happen on december 21st right. like that was legitimately the tweet so now that you say this i'm like oh that must be. No, it
0: makes did. sense yeah yeah it's like a, it's like a thing and every time every time i sit down to research i just don't have the patience for it i'm just like maybe that's what my superpower will be on get some patience for once <laughs> i don't know <laughs> but we'll see what happens it'll be exciting to to get an update from you next tuesday and figure out a. Uh... i'm sorry next wednesday i i don't i don't know if that matters if they know that we don't record on wednesday or not
1: <laughs> no i think i think everyone just assumes that when they turn on the podcast it's like they're getting a live feed of us like
0: we all of a sudden go live and we we always say the same things to everybody
1: or this is just what we do is like we just talk like non-stop
0: <laughs> always we're <Whatever laughs> <stuff>. just always <laughs> on talking <laughs> i'm not sure what you know how it works for you guys but but yeah so you know hopefully like i said next week uh when we come back we'll we'll have something even more exciting to share about uh,
1: super. Right. at least we don't have to worry about prepping the show for next week we'll just wait till our superpowers right and then discuss exactly them.
0: and we'll already have our show right there
1: <laughs> right <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i don't have anything else do you got you got anything else for the listeners this week
1: no uh listen to scorpions and uh check out that area 51 caller because it's pretty awesome yes
0: that's definitely i think that's probably my favorite takeaway of the night is listen to the area 51 caller it's pretty cool
1: and the house of jackboot watch that when you have three hours to go
0: we'll uh we'll we'll post plenty of stuff for you guys on the uh twitter so we'll be there all right guys well we'll talk to you next week